The following sermon is brought to you by New Covenant Community Church, a Bible-based church located on Route 62 east of Johnstown, Ohio. To learn about New Covenant Community Church, visit www.new-covenant.org. Again, that is new-covenant.org. Now, enjoy the message. Anyway, so nice to be with you today and uh, filling in for Pastor Ben, who happens to be one of my uh, one of my favorite, favorite people. Uh, well, and, and Abby and Daisy, too. But uh, My name's Wally McLaughlin. I'm a, uh, you can still call me pastor. I don't do a lot of pastoring anymore. I do a lot of uh, funerals at Brucker and Kitchener Funeral Home, if you ever see me there. Uh, usually when somebody goes to Brucker and Kitchener Funeral Home and they say, we like to have a pastor, but we don't have one. You know how many? T- how much? That's about 95% of the people go through there. We know that, don't we? Um, people are looking for pastors. People are not going to church. But Pastor Ben asked me um, if if I would do something, and he actually told me what to preach. I think he was a little scared. Uh, <laughs> what? They. Uh, and say most of you don't know me, but well, I, I want to thank him for doing that because he's got a lot of nerve. He has a lot of nerve to ask me. I'm more on a, um, I love preaching current events. Now, he asked me today to, uh, to preach about, of all things, love. And as I was preparing to preach, I get all the messages from Facebook and the Internet and all the trouble. In fact, somebody was trying to turn me on back there. It was uh, I, I see all the trouble going on in the world, and I have to come up here and preach about love. But I want to, I want to tell you a little bit about, about my background. You understand where I'm coming from. Uh, first of all, I was saved at age 12. By age 14, I, I accepted a challenge to go to the ministry. As a 14-year-old, I, I said, okay, I'll go. The church started taking up a donation for me, for my college, college education. Well, about age 16, you know what happens, young people. At age 16, I got a driver's license. And I discovered there were actually girls in the world that were 16 too. So I kind of threw that away. And for the longest time, I never thought about it. But I want to tell you something about God and his and His. His, his mysterious ways he works on you. Uh, but I was saved at age 12. I went to service in the Army for about three years. I was a, a Newark, Ohio police officer for about eight years. I was a state investigator for 25 years. I retired 33 years in law enforcement. And God calls me and reminds me of a decision I made when I was 14. Now, I know you may not understand, maybe not even believe that, Many, many years later, I heard this. You remember what you were supposed to do. I got you. So I went to did some college education. I got a job as an associate pastor at First Baptist Church of Heath. I served there about 10, 11 years, and, and uh, then I retired again. I, uh, I just want to tell you this. I've been around, and, and Ben said, you know, I don't want to. He wants me to preach because I'm old. So if you come here, if this is your first time today, if this is your first time in New Covenant and you're looking at that young, energetic, 
awesome pastor everybody in this world is talking about right now. It's not me. It's not me. I'm young, but I'm not, I, I don't, I'm not energy like, like Ben. But, uh, so he asked me if I, would, if I would preach on what it means to be a loving church. Now, I've only been here about two, three months. And what I see in this church right now, you guys don't even need this message. But in case you're wondering what it takes to be a loving church, I'm going to tell you today a little bit. But I want to tell you this. You've got, a, you've got an awesome young pastor. He is bold. I love it because he's bold. A great leader. He makes me think of sorts of myself. He even makes me emotional. I'm a very emotional guy. And I try to put things out of my message that won't make me cry. Pastor Ben cannot build this church by himself. He needs the church. Now we know what the church is because Ben preaches this every week. This is not the church. That's the church. Ben cannot build this by himself. People will come and go. But it would never reach its potential without the love of all of you. So today, it's all about love. If you know anything about policemen and, and, and cops, uh, we've got a cop here today. Would he tell you this? That uh, love is not one of those things that we practice a lot of on the police department. Justice. I love justice. I wanted to preach on justice today, but he, yes, I know, but I can't do it. But I want to tell you something will happen. About four weeks ago, Ben said, would you preach on the love of the church? The love of the people. Okay, I'll do that. As I'm, as I'm preparing my message, it's just not flowing. It may not even flow today, but you're going to think I'm nuts here in a minute, really. Um, outside my back door one morning, I walked out on my deck. I looked over my neighbor's deck, and there's a kitten staring at me. And we got that in there. There he is. This cat, this kitten is staring at me. So I go to try to get it, and it goes under the deck. Every time I go up, it goes under the deck. Um, so I finally got him to come out. We let me pet him. Then he let me feed him. Now, bear in mind, I've already got two in the house. I've already, look, there was no way that I needed another cat. But he let me feed him. He let me hold him. So I put him a little thing outside on the deck where he could sleep out there, be covered. And, and so he slept out there about a week or so. He never wanted to come in. A few Sunday nights ago, if you remember, we had some bad weather go through. A tornado sirens going off in Newark, Ohio, Heath, Ohio. I couldn't handle it. So I run out, grab the cat, bring him in the house. <laughs> now listen, that cat's still there today. But I want to say this because, you know, so I, one, day, one, one day I'm taking a shower and I'm thinking. And all of a sudden it's like God turned the hot water off and turned the cold water on. Do you know what you just did? I'm thinking, yeah, I know what I just did. I took another cat. But here's what he taught me. How to be compassionate. Now, I don't know how many would do this. I know a lot of you probably have stray cats around all over your neighborhood. But he told me that that's being compassionate. Would I do that for my fellow man? 
Well, we haven't got that far yet. I've never seen anybody staring out in someone else's deck, but I brought the cat in, and he showed me this. How to be compassionate. Now, here's, here's a lesson. It's God teaching me about this. I can be very uncaring in many ways today. But I finally had to say, thank you, Lord, for the message. The message of compassion, love, out of my comfort zone, a sacrifice. It was definitely a sacrifice for us to take on another cat. But that's our little cat. We haven't figured out till last Wednesday what it was. He, she wouldn't, it wouldn't sit still long enough for me to find out. But we found out now she's a little female. And I don't know whether to be happy or sad. But I do know this. I know God, I, I will tell you this to today, that God worked in my life that day to change me. I'm going to quit being a hard old guy and be compassionate. So that's my little silly, my little sermon illustration. Uh, I want to ask you this. Uh, let me ask you, if, just about you. I'm going to pray right now if, you, if I could. Father, thank you so much for today. And Lord, we thank you for your precious word that teaches us so much. Father, we thank you for New Covenant Church. We thank you for the people that are here. Thank you for Pastor Ben and for Abby and Daisy. We thank you, Lord, that you've blessed this church in a very mighty way. I pray, Lord, you would continue to bless it. I pray you continue to be with Pastor Ben as he's, as he's away. Father, we just thank you so much that we have a chance today to come and, and, and serve you, to hear your word. Father, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. By the way, the cat's name is Pee-wee. They didn't have any idea what, what it was, so I couldn't name him Judy or Sam or Harold. So they're called a Pee-wee. I can't get, by, I can't get out of it because people. John 21. If you, want to, if you want to turn your Bible, we're going to be, we're going to do something today that, that uh, I've done before, and uh, I've preached this message two or three times. I'll be honest with you, I've preached it two or three different ways. These are three verses in John 21, starting in verse 15, that, that you, can, you, can, you can take any way you want to take it. Here's here's what I want to do today to to tell you what Jesus wants us to do with our fellow man. In John 21, first of all, you've got to understand this. In the Greek Bible, there are three words for love. There is agape, agape love. That's unconditional. Now, I don't know how many of you have agape love. Unconditional love is very difficult especially what you see going on in our world today. For us to say, I love that person, regardless of how many buildings he just burned down, no matter how many people they shot. Agape love is that unconditional love. I think it's very difficult. There's a phileo, which is kind of like a friendship. Okay, we're friends. Uh, when I tell, you know, for a long time, when I had to talk about love, I would, uh, when I had to tell my Tom Hendricks, 
I love you, Tom Hendricks. It's hard for me to tell another guy I love you. That's just the way I was raised. But that's phileo, that's friendship. Then there's eros, which is kind of like the romance. Romance, we'll leave that one out. In John 21 and, 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 and verse 15, it says this. Jesus is going to ask Peter three, three questions. But I want you to listen to what he says. Says, when they, so when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Judah, Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. Jesus says a third time to Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he had said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. You know, when, uh, when, I, when I read these, uh, and there's, there's a lot of things you can put in these verses, but uh, a lot of people believe that Jesus is asking Peter three questions because Peter denied him three times. Okay, that, that's probably true. But I want you to think about Jesus asking you the same question. And I'll use me. Wally, you love me. Yeah, Jesus, I love you. But what kind of love is that? Is that unconditional love? Peter cannot answer in a way that Jesus was expecting. Peter cannot say, yes, Lord, I love you. Agape love. In verse 15, he's saying this. He's saying, Jesus, Jesus says, feed my lambs. Now, what is lambs in the Bible? It could be a lot of things. Lambs to me mean young people. Uh, young people, uh, new Christians. Uh, this church right now, and I've, I've marveled at the, at the amount of young people in this church. Young, young people. I mean, there's young people everywhere. I don't even see old people. Wait a minute. Yeah, I got one right here. Lambs are the young people of the church. Lambs are the young people. He says, feed my lambs. Tend to my sheep. They are lambs. They are lambs that are growing up. Okay, lambs grow up. I know somebody knows something about lambs, but I don't. Um, so when they grow up, they become sheep. Feed my sheep. They mature. Train them. Shepherd them. And love them. Jesus is asking all of us to be compassionate to one another, to sacrifice for one another, and treat everybody as family. So when he says, "Feed my lambs." He's telling you, make sure you take care of the young people. Young people, and I, I, I want to be very careful what I say here, because I believe young people, especially ones still in school, are going to go through some things, or already going through some things, that we never went through when I was that age. I read the news, and I see what, uh, what's being taught in schools. Not, not Johnstown. It wouldn't be in Johnstown. I don't know anybody else, I'm just saying this, that Kids are being taught that everything is okay. What's good is bad. What's bad is good now. 
So he's saying, feed my lambs. So when you think about the lambs, the sheep, the job of the church is to feed, is to care, is to love everybody. There are people in this church you may not love. Can I tell you that? You may not love everybody in this church. Work on it. Just work on it. Love the lady that brings the donuts. I mean, you've got to love her, right? And uh, so, uh, what? Oh, I know, that's true. Yeah, that's right. Something about donuts and cops, right? Huh? But, uh, so I'm going to give you some illustrations, all right? I'm going to give you some illustrations about five benefits and blessings of a loving church. Not, this is like preaching to the choir. Five blessings and benefits of a loving church. Number one, it demonstrates faithfulness to the Scripture. When Jesus tells Peter, feed my lambs, he's not just suggesting it. You know, a lot of times we read scripture and say, well, yeah, he's talking to Peter. That don't mean me. It does. I'm sorry. When the Bible says things like that, he's talking to all of us. Why would he just put this in there? Why would this be in the Bible if he didn't mean me? When Jesus tells Peter, feed my lambs, he's, he's telling, he's serious. You know, sometimes, so many times we read scripture, but really doesn't want to fully follow it. Jesus tells Peter, if you truly love me, feed my lambs. Peter answers, yes, Lord, you know I love you. What he's saying is, I really care for you, Jesus. But he can't or he won't use the same love that Jesus is using. The lambs are the vulnerable. They are the young. They are being torn in every direction today. And if we don't feed them, somebody else will. Um, and I don't know, I, I, again, i, I got to be careful. I was worried about saying this because I don't know what's being taught in schools. I know what some schools are teaching. First of all, they don't teach history anymore. I know that. But uh, when I ask my grandkids, do you remember this? Do you remember that? What about this one? They don't know that. We have to be very careful. If we, the church, don't feed the young, somebody's going to feed them. That somebody is somebody you really don't want feeding your kids. If you don't believe me, turn on the news, Fox News, of course. Turn on the news and watch what's going on in the streets of our country. Look what's on the streets of our country. It's not people like me. There are few. It's young. It's the young people. Some of them are young as you. You're what, like 22? Uh, but that, that's the kind of people. They're being taught these things are okay. The lambs are the people that we really need to be concerned about. Some of lambs are being taught the Muslim faith. That's one of the big deals right now in schools, teaching the Muslim faith. Jesus knows this. What grows the church, it's the lambs. The lambs in this church, the young, are the ones that's going to grow this church. I'm not going to grow this church. I'm getting too old to grow anything. But the lambs are the ones who are going to take this church and take it out of sight. When we look at some of the churches today, you can see the lambs have not been sufficiently fed. I can give you example after example, but I won't. But of everything I say today, I want you not, I don't want you to miss this point. 
Look at the world today and you will see the results of not caring for the young. Not teaching them to love and not to hate. In the Bible, there's several scriptures that talk about the love, the love of the church. In John 3.16, uh, John 3.16, it says this, but we know, 1 John 3.16, by this we know love because he laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. The brethren are us. But whoever has this world's good and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, this is one of my favorite Bible verses. My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. There was an incident here not too long ago, and, uh, and uh, I don't think anybody here is on Facebook, maybe Jake, Tom, but um, there was a lady that put on uh, a message on Facebook that said this, her and her husband and a young child needed a place to move. Wherever they were living, it was not going well. I have no idea why that was, but things are not going well. They needed a place to move. The husband needed another job. Now please, don't, don't hammer me for this one. But one of the standard answers you get as believers, as Christians, on Facebook is, I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. I'm praying for you. Oh, wait a minute. She didn't ask you to pray for you. She, she said, find me a place to live. Feed me, be compassionate, find me a house, find my husband a part-time job. There must have been 35 of these. None of them said, hey, by the way, now I'll have to tell you this. About that time, a person that used to be with our church called me. Uh, listen, I'm telling you how God works. He said, Wally, I need a, I've got a business. I'm building swimming pools. I need some people, full-time and part-time. Now, coincidence? I don't think so. So I call him. Now, what he did with that, I don't know. This is what the people were wanting. Praying for people is great. But let's, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Um, I guess as I grow older, I, I, see the, I, see the, I see the things that I used to do also. It's easy. I pray for you. I pray for you. I prayed for 27 people on Facebook this morning. I don't know any of them. They just asked for prayers. Okay, I'll pray for you. Let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. In your church today, there are maybe people here today that have needs. I don't know them, but if somebody would tell me that somebody needed help, maybe financial help, maybe uh, food help, maybe help with something else, the loving church is going to gather around that person. And I believe that Pastor Ben will, will, will run this as, as great as anybody can do it. Loving each other in the church is not, is not an easy thing. You know, but it used to be back in the old days, we used to have a, 
Women used to come to church with hats. Anybody remember hats on guys? Made big hats, big hats. And I know one day this lady got up, this guy got upset because he was sitting behind a lady with a big hat. Couldn't see. Made a big deal about it. Could you take your hat off? I can't see. I don't know what I would have done, but I would have said, move. But that's what we have to go through. There are people in this church dressed different than you. In fact, my wife wanted me to wear a suit and tie today. Anybody got a suit and tie on? I mean, I got, I wanted to wear my jeans, but they weren't really nice, real clean today. But, uh, but there may be here people here that you go, eh, I don't like, I don't like the way their kids are dressed. I'm not looking at you. Go ahead. But, uh, but there are going to be people who's going to, it's going to take this. It's going to take a sacrifice. It's going to take being compassionate. It's going to take the love of Jesus to straighten these people up. In the book of Mark, in uh, chapter 12, there's a couple of verses here, but it says, that, Then one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had not answered them well, asked them, which is the first commandment of all? Jesus answered him and said, The first commandment is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second like it is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Jesus is asking each one here today, you take this home with you. Do you love me? If so, feed my lambs. Care for each other. Be compassionate. Love each other. The Bible says this, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Remember my stray cat. Every time I said, every time I went through this message, I remember my cat. So we need to be faithful to the scripture as the church. Point number two. Being a loving church will foster the maturity in the church. You know, maturity is one of those things that I don't know whether you get to, you get old or not. But maturity in the church. Tend my sheep. These are people that have grown up as lambs, now they're sheep. They're still growing. The sheep are the lambs. They are growing. Tend to them. Disciple them. Share with them as they grow. Share your love with and concern for them. Help them mature in the word. One thing I've learned about maturity in life is that, uh, uh, that I don't know everything. I think I know, but I'm learning every day. When I was a young cop, they had other cops in there besides me. Well, Jake don't count. But, uh, uh, when I was a young cop, I was 23 years old. My goal on the midnight shift was to race to the nearest, the fastest to the fight call I could get. If there was a fight down at the bar, down the east end of Newark, I want to be there first. If I want to be in the west end, I want to be there first. I want to be there first. I want to handle things. As a young cop, I loved the action. But after I matured, I still loved it, but I was able to handle it in a different way. 
I was able to teach and train others through my experience and maturity. As a mature, I am a mature pastor. When I become mature, I become a better teacher. When Ben asked me to preach, he said, now there are a lot of young guys in this church can preach. He said, but I think you've got more experience than they've got. Well, yeah, I do. Maybe. As a mature pastor, I can be a better teacher. In the book of Hebrews, it says this, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. You have, you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food, solid food belongs to them who are full of age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. You know, I told people about bringing my kitten in the house. I already got two that gives me three. They're like, are you crazy? Take it to the pound. One guy, listen, I won't tell you who this was. He's not here today anyway. Uh, he said, take it down the road to the Chinese restaurant. <laughs> Isn't that terrible? And I've had people say, just shoot it. Listen, folks, I've shot a lot of things in my life, and as I get older, I can't shoot anything. I was talking to a young lady back here a little while ago that uh, I couldn't raise a cow and eat it. I can't do that. I can't raise rabbits and eat them. Uh, but as you mature, the compassion is supposed to get greater, guys, ladies. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking as newborn babes, desire the pure, pure, the pure milk of the word that you may grow. And if indeed you've tasted, the Lord is gracious. Can I give you some ideas of in my experience of church, in church, I, I've seen churches fold. I've seen pastors quit. I've seen uh, people leave. You know why they do that? Here's some simple suggestions. Church, you can use this. You make sure if ben, Pastor Ben sees this, Abby, that he makes sure this is always. Here are some simple suggestions you can use to tend the sheep. Go out of your way to speak to people. When I was a young man at First Baptist Church in Heath, there was a, I was one of those guys when we were sitting in the back row. When a pastor said amen, it was like, we're gone. We're going, to have a, we're going to have a meal. I don't care. I'm going home. And a young had a pastor there every day, every day, every Sunday. Smacked me in the back like that. Wally, how you doing? I'm doing great. Every Sunday. Wally, how you doing? Finally, I got tired of it. I said, why do you keep smacking me in the back? I want you to do something. What do you want me to do? I want you to run as a de deacon candidate. A deacon candidate. So I did. You know what? I didn't get any votes. I kind of lost the election big time. And I thought, that's the end of that. I am going to start doing things that God wants me to do. We had another election about six months later. I was overwhelmingly elected. But it hadn't been for that pastor. But it had not been for that pastor. I'd still be sitting in the back room, the back row of First Baptist Heath. Go out of your way to speak to people. It, it, it encourages them. Try to remember their names. Oh, my goodness, it shows you value. It shows your value to them. 
Now look, I have a problem with names. Faces, I'm okay. Uh, try to remember their names because it shows you value them. Here's a good one. Smile. It increases your face value. Hey, how you doing? Okay. No, smile. Be nice. Talk, she's smiling. Just be like that. Be friendly and helpful. Be friendly. A lady came in this church a couple weeks ago, and, and I don't know if she's here today or not. But I met her at the door, and I do this all the time anyway, but uh, ask her name, where you come from. Oh, you've been here before? No, I'm good. I'm new. I said, boy, you would like this place. Do I know you? I know your name. On, 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 on. Be friendly and be helpful. Show genuine interest. Be generous. Uh-oh. Be slow to judge. Ah, we got to throw that one out. Be slow to judge. Serve them. Be humble. Simple suggestions to how you can tend the sheep of this church. Number three has this. Cultivates it, the, the loving church will cultivate enthusiasm among believers. Now, I don't know about you, but I've been in church a long time. Have you ever thought of a church as being exciting? Come to church to get excited. Most people don't. Most people come to church because it's Sunday. Ever come to church and say, man, I'm so excited to be there. I can't hardly wait to get it. Boy, Pastor Ben's got this great message. You ever do that? I do now. When Pastor Ben preaches, I'm like, okay, let's go. Is it Sunday yet? You know? Have you ever thought of, it, of church being exciting? When church becomes a routine, a place to go on Sunday morning, just a place to go hear a message, a place to go sing, when it becomes boring, it's time to find out what's wrong. This church becomes boring, you go see Pastor Ben, tell him, I'm bored. What can you do, Pastor Ben? What can we do to make this place not boring? When Pastor Ben preaches, he brings excitement. He makes you want to come back for more. I've heard a lot of messages. I'm going I'm I'm to uh, build up Pastor Ben. He, he doesn't need it. Well, I've heard the, uh, the end-time prophecy preached by dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of pastors, some great pastors. I've read books. I've studied it. When I hear Pastor Ben preach it, first of all, I can see he believes it. He absolutely believes what he's saying. Now, I'm up here reading, so I'm, but Pastor Ben... When he's speaking, you know he believes what he's saying. When we are loving our brethren here at New Covenant, it makes people want to come back. It adds to the message and the messenger. We become excited to sing and worship. It brings joy to your pastor. Psalm 16:11 says this, "You will show me the path, you will show me the path of life. For in your presence is fullness of joy." At your right hands are pleasures forevermore. Cultivating enthusiasm among believers. A loving church. Be a loving church. In the book of Acts, and in chapter 2, it talks about the first church. 
Listen to what, listen to what these few verses talk about a church, how this church grew. It says, with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. Can you imagine 3,000 souls coming up to this baptistry? We'd have to be here for like 12 days. Souls were added, and they continued steadfastly in the, God, in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wondrous sights were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together. Here's a good word for you. And had all things in common. We all have a common goal here. They sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone who had need. So continually, daily, with one accord in the temple, one accord, and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with good gladness, simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. They grew by being together, being in fellowship, by praying, by praising God and having favor with all people. Number four, loving church, it unifies the body of Christ. A unified church is a growing church. Psalm 133 says this, Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the beard, running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. It's like the dew, the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. There the Lord commanded the blessings, life forevermore. When we're together, I was uh, I was a coach for many many years in, in youth baseball and uh, basketball, and I've seen so many times people trying to do things on their own. Uh, that didn't happen most time that way. That does too. But unity in a church, when we're all together, one common goal should be a common goal in this church. I don't know whether Ben's got one of those right now or not written. I think he does. We went through that a few weeks ago. One common goal is to reach people for Christ. To be a place, if you're struggling out there on the street, if you're cold, if you're hungry, if you're tired, come to New Covenant Church. Simple. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works for not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as to see the day approaching. It's in the book of Hebrews. Number five, it reflects, here, this, is more, I, this may be the most important thing. Number five, a loving church reflects Christ to the world. The world needs to see a church as a place of peace and happiness 
growing and changing lives, not a church in constant turmoil. And there are some churches in constant turmoil. Not a church that looks and acts like the world. When you bring the world into the church, the church becomes a world. There's, that's another message. They need to see a church that people are excited about, a place where they can expect to be loved and cared for. Where else can people go in this troubled world to find that? Nowhere. We need for the world to take notice how people can come together in love. We need to be proud of the family of God. You wonder why uh, we need in the world to take notice how people can come together in love? Where else would you do that at? Where else could you do that in this world? I don't know of any place but a church. In some churches, that's not going to work either. But a loving church, it fosters the belief that Jesus Christ is alive. There is hope beyond the grave. In the book of Revelation, chapter 22, it says this. Behold, I'm coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give everyone according to his work. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are those who do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life, and may enter through the gates into the city. But outside are dogs and sorcerers, sexually immoral, murderers and adulterers, and whoever, and whoever loves and practices a lie, I, Jesus, I've sent my angel to testify these things to you in a church. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, come. Let him who hears say, come. Let him thirst, him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. All these blessings that I just went through are available here at New Covenant. I'll go back and say you've got a great pastor. You've got a great leadership in this church. You have great leadership in this church because they hired Pastor Ben. I'm going to tell you that right now. You have a loving congregation. I've not, I've not seen one sour look on somebody's face since I've been coming there. Well, now that <laughs> Continue loving each other. Great things will happen. Great things will happen in this church. This church will grow beyond belief. I have no doubt. I've seen it grow so far since we've been coming. People are looking for this kind of a church. But they're looking for people to gather around them, to love them, to care for them. But before I'm done, I got a warning. Always got to have a warning, right? 1 John 3.10 You gotta have a warning. It doesn't work without a warning, guys. First John three ten says this. In this the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness. Listen, whoever does not practice righteousness righteousness is not of God. Nor is he who does not love his brother. So I take the Bible very seriously. There's a lot of things I like to read over. So I don't, yeah, I don't want that. 
Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. For this is the same message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. We should love one another. Not as Cain, who was the wicked one, and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not marvel, my brethren, if the world hates you. Have you seen uh, any evidence of that around recently? Do not marvel if the world hates you. Can I give you a, can I give you a hint? You'll be hated more in the next year, several years than you are right now. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. This one is a tough one. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. I had a privilege yesterday to watch part of the National Day of Prayer in Washington, D.C. Anybody see that? Oh, oh. Joseph, uh, Jonathan Kahn. You know who Jonathan Kahn is? I, I tell you this. Look him up. Look up Jonathan Kahn 2020. He gives one of the best messages I've ever heard. And he's like Ben. He don't care what he says. But he'll tell you, he told everybody, there must have been hundreds, I don't know how many, thousands of people that were there. How many? 50? That's pretty good. And they're all hanging on each every word. This guy will tell you. God's word is God's word. God's word never, never doesn't fluctuate, doesn't go with the times. If you're doing this, doing this, doing this, doing this, you're probably going to end up in hell. That's truth. Jonathan Kahn, 2020, if you haven't seen it. So the warning is, love is not an option. Love in the church is not an option, it's a command. Love one another, people. I want to be here and in my lifetime see this church outgrow this building. I want to see Pastor Ben get old. Abby never gets old, though. She never gets old, but... Uh, She'll have 27 more kids, but that's okay. We don't care. We love Pastor Ben here for New, New Covenant. And uh, I'm, I'm just pleased that I could fill in for him. Uh, well, let me ask you this. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to do, right? Okay, let me pray, and then uh, we'll, we'll end here. Father, once again, thank you so much. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Father, for, for loving the church. And, and, Father, the many things that can happen. Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who loves us more and more and more than we could ever love him. So we thank you so much for today. Lord, we continue to pray for those who just need a special touch. And Lord, I pray today for somebody here that does not know you as their Savior. Somebody here today just needs a, a, a prayer. Father, may today be their day that they do that. So we thank you, Lord, for your love. Go with us this day, Father. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. I'm going to be up here in the front. Anybody wants to come up during this invitation time, if you want to pray, uh, talk to me, yell at me, whatever you want to do, I'm fine. Okay?